Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back for another episode. Tiffany and I are ready to continue this conversation about what Deb Curtis and Margie Carter think is currently wrong with the way early childhood education is being conceptualized in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. So we're down to the last four parts of this bullet list. Yeah. Um, Off, off mic. Is that what we say? We're not on TV, so it's not off camera. Off mic. Yeah. Tiffany and I were talking about how much we were enjoying pushing each other to think more critically about stuff. And I I only bring that up because I think it's it's an amazing thing to be able to have this critical friend. Which, by the way, is a phrase from another Deb Chris Margie Carter oh, book. You're such a fan. They're so perfect. <laughs> so so it's that it's applicable to our conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were having a little critical friend love fest. We were off mic. Delightful. If you don't have one, find one. I, um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, yeah. we like to disagree, yeah, but like also agree at the same time. <laughs> and a- I just want anybody who's listening to know that, um, we're both finding this really fun. Yes, yeah. This is what this is what I mean when I say you know that I'm nerding out on something. It's this kind of yeah. conversation. Yep. Yeah. Because it's really easy for me just to read this stuff and highlight it and love it and move on. Yeah. But to to have a conversation with you forces me to dig a little deeper to make sure, do I really agree with what this is saying? Do I, Are there other ways to be thinking about this? And that's a healthy, a yeah. healthier way to do things, I think. We're uh, not, and yeah, we're not scared of a little discussion. Right. And we both have our hands on our hips. <laughs> waggling our shoulders around mm-hmm. while we do this okay so let's stop it and move on serious space focus Ready grim up, up. um yeah. okay so the next one play is not considered a viable source of curriculum i agree i agree too but, but again play can mean so many different things some people think right. they're play-based because they define play as instead of a worksheet it's a game but it's still yeah. directed by me and my goals and yes, all that stuff. So let's talk about play one, for a minute. Let's talk about play. Yeah. Just like defining quality, we need to get a solid definition of play. And there are lots of this has been done. This has it does not need to be been done. I don't because I, I did a, a, res- a literature research literature review as a final paper in a class last spring, and I could not find an acceptable concise definition of play oh, concise. and when Whoa, i well concise into it right and when i asked like i asked jeff and lisa for their mm-hmm. feedback feedback or for resources on that they were like yeah we just did a six episode series <laughs> on what yeah. this could be so okay so tell me what what you think we've defined play as uh well that uh, it's not an easy thing yeah um journal play mm-hmm. i mean like that's like what the whole journal strives to do okay 
Um, I mean, I know there are characteristics. Yes. That people talk about. I don't know if it's Brian Sutton Smith or he's good. Stuart Brown. Uh-huh. Oh, good. One of them has a definition. Uh, I think it's Brian Sutton Smith. Okay. Who has a definition of play. But what I'm trying to say is that that's not taught in teaching school. No, because play is not valued in teacher school. <laughs> yes. Exactly. We can't because... we can't justify 4 years of college to go and play. Right, which is absurd. And also part of our devaluing of children in our culture. Yeah, and also part of the American <laughs> childcare culture. <laughs> so many throwbacks. Yeah. Okay. But so maybe we just talk about what we think of as play. In uh, this well, sense. This, the, uh, I'm not prepared for that. Okay. All right. So we're just going to sit here and chit chat while you look up a definition. Is that what's happening? That is what's happening. Okay. It looked like you were typing something. I've got books by both those guys right behind me, but this is probably faster to let you look it up. Uh, oh, yep. It's Peter Gray. Oh, Peter Gray. Okay. Definition of the play. Yep. And it's in the journal. Also good. Journal if you play. don't follow Peter Gray on Facebook, you should. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm trying to find F definition. <laughs> uh, this is not fun to listen to. All right. I'm going to. This is why I'm saying I'm not prepared for this. Like. There are d- people have defined play before us. We okay, well, hold on. Video. I'm going to okay. pause, okay. and we'll okay. find it, and then we'll okay. start recording again. Hold on, everybody. Okay. okay, she's found it. I found it. It's Peter Gray. Yeah. Um, the beginning of his free-to-learn series. Okay. Play is self-chosen and self-directed. Players are always free to quit. Play mm-hmm. is an activity which means in which means are more valued than ends. Process over product. Uh huh. Play is guided by mental rules, which means we have roles in it. There uh-huh. are things you do. Um, it doesn't mean that they are adult-imposed rules. Okay. They're just societal rules involved. Play is non-literal, imaginative, marked off in some way from reality. Okay. We're not really going to war. We are playing a chess game. <laughs> okay. Play involves an active, alert, but non-stressed frame of mind. Which is not to say that uh, play is always happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't play when you're under great stress. Okay. Right? Then that's the end. Okay. So going back then to this bullet point is that that stuff that you just read is not yeah. considered a viable source of curriculum. Agree or disagree? Agree. Uh-huh. It comes. It speaks to a bigger problem, though. Okay. And that is, like we've talked about before, it's the teacher misalignment with philosophy. Sometimes, right? play, yeah. Play is not seen as a valid philosophy. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger problem, the, the bigger problem that leads to your bigger problem, then is, I mean, the reason that there's that misalignment is that adults don't understand the value of of play themselves mm-hmm. or can't take their own ego out of it. I, th- I think that's part of why it's so hard for so many teachers to embrace play as a way of learning is yeah. if I'm not 
giving the information and planning everything out and in charge of what's happening, then how am I a teacher? And my mm-hmm. ego is teacher. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a lot of, it goes back to the, our teacher prep systems and consumer expectations. Again, what, what do the parents expect to see when they come into a program? Um, yeah. So it's a, it's part of a huge picture, I think, this bullet point. Yeah. We've we've forgotten it goes back to, you know, I can bring Emily Plank's book into about everything too that re- oh, discovering discovering it's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Emily. Um, I think we recorded on Lily and Katz's birthday one day too. <gasps> oh. oh. <laughs> um, but we've forgotten what it's like to be a child and what was what 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 life was like and how our minds worked and and our curiosity and our exploration at that age, that urge to explore and drive to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, we, mm-hmm. we, we're out of touch with that because it's not where we are in our lives anymore. So right. there's so much adult effort required before we can start to see play as a viable source of curriculum. Yeah. And it's hard and to adult. measure the learning, harder to measure the learning, all that stuff. I think it, I have a lot of things to say about that too. Right. Well, that go has ahead. a different episode. Oh, okay. Of just how we measure learning. Oh, yeah, and now that's make a philosophically note. biased too. It all comes down to philosophical bias, man. Yep, I'm making a note. We're going to do an episode about assessing learning. Mm-hmm. Please. Okay, good. That was one of the questions in my my interview for this job that I'm going to be starting was about how I assess learning, and I was like, well, I've used a bajillion tools. I can use whatever tool you put in front of me, but <laughs> let's talk about authentic assessment. So, so which tool? Aligns with your yes teaching philosophies, right? And mm-hmm. which tools align with your definitions of high quality, right? Right. And who says Man. which tool you get to use? Yeah, it's all that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Does the school that has a play-based philosophy force a assessment of learning that doesn't actually that is not assess- play-based? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of times that assessment is imposed by the authorities who see children as needing to be readied and fixed. So it's all sort of interconnected and cyclical here. Yeah. I really want to make this visual somehow. Okay. Well, you do that. Um, Okay. So the next one then is child directed and teacher directed approaches are presented as opposed and mutually exclusive. I think we've talked about this before when we've talked about direct instruction as opposed to child led or whatever. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what they're saying is that I think there's a place for both in early childhood education. Would you agree that that's what they're yes. trying to say with this bullet point? Yes. Um, but I, I, I think what they're, you know, what they're talking about here is this idea that, you know, the, the phone call that I used to get as a center director about once a week, do children learn anything there or do they just play? Do children learn anything or are you just a daycare? Um, which used to be so hard for me to respond to because I needed a moment just to scream away from the phone for a minute and then come back (laughs) (laughs) just because I got so tired of it. But again, as a consumer who doesn't have any other way of measuring, has never been presented with any other way, what other question are they going to ask? Yeah. They're looking for what's good for their kids. So, uh, but there is that, that false dichotomy 
Mm -hmm. it's either one or the other, child-directed or adult-directed. We can't have both as part of a quality program. So for people who have not listened to our conversations about direct instruction, give us your argument in favor of sometimes having direct instruction. Sometimes uh, (laughs) you need the direct skills taught to you. This is a terrible way of saying that. Um, Sometimes you need a skill to continue your play, and that skill you just want to be taught. Uh Teach me how to make chocolate chip cookies. Uh Don't make me pretend and figure it out and learn the chemistry of baking to learn how to make chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the product is valuable the, the product the pro- of okay yeah i yeah. want to eat some delicious cookies mm-hmm. i i think value. it could be something as simple as um this colored pencil doesn't work anymore how do right? i use the pencil oh, sharpener yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so there's there's some of that but i think when most people think about adult directed teacher directed they're thinking about that i'm the one in front of the classroom Yes. I'm the one deciding what you should learn and what you should be curious and interested in. Curious about and interested in. Yes. And and that, I think, is harder to find a justification for. Agreed. Because I don't agree with that philosophy. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, there is no infrastructure to support teachers' reflective practice. Yeah, reflective practice isn't taught or valued. Mm -hmm. It's just the factory model. Uh So so David Kahn, who's been on the podcast before, um, talks a lot about this, that if, if there's no time at the end of a day to sit back and process what happened that day, what you did, what they did, what you tried that worked, what didn't work, then it's almost impossible for teachers to develop and grow. Yeah. But my experience with, I'm so paranoid about using this American child care culture phrase now because I really do have some plans for it. <laughs> but if that is, if the American child care culture is early childhood education culture, it's not just child care centers. It's, you know, I know Head Start programs a lot of times don't like to be lumped in with child care centers and homes are doing their own thing. Um, if, if, if it's difficult to even find minimal time to give teachers time to plan or, you know, every minute is counted in ratio and every minute is another dollar that someone has to pay for you to be, you know, employed in whatever program that is, how can we expect this infrastructure that allows for reflection? Does that make yeah. sense? Because it seemed really yeah. wordy. Because it has to be valued. Yeah. So it's it's hard to justify to an employer or a funder or, you know, whoever that authority is that teachers need time to do this. Yeah. I think that it needs to be equated with um, on-the-job training. Uh-huh. Like, this is the time when the teachers are on-the-job training to learn more about the students. Uh-huh. I think um, reflect. we talk a lot about catchphrases and buzzwords in the field. Reflective supervision 
has over the past few years been kind of a buzzword. I'm a believer in it. I think it's a good thing, but I think it's not a substitute, you know, and even then it's hard to find time for a supervisor to sit down with someone who's working for them for their program and walk them through this reflective process. Yeah. But I think that's only a piece of it. Teachers need to be able to themselves or providers, whatever language you want to use Mm -hmm. to in some way sit back and consider what, what you're doing and Mm -hmm. what your goals are and what impact it's having. And even just, Oh my God, that uh, splat art thing didn't work this week, which was my, well, (laughs) didn't go the way that people around me thought it was going to go is really what happened. Cause it was, you know, one year olds, um, yeah, fun. They did have fun, but they weren't, you know, picking up the nylon full of popcorn dipped in paint and splatting it. They were chewing it and swinging it around and rubbing mm-hmm, it. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all the things that toddlers do with new materials. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone might have said, oh, that activity didn't work. My reflection was I should have prepared the people around me a little bit for how that was probably really going to go. So they didn't see it yeah, as yeah, a failure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think part of it is just a mindset we need to get ourselves into that we're not always used to. I don't know that it always needs designated set apart time to get I into think those it, habits. But I think that's a good thing if you can give people that designated time. Yeah. I think that people also need to see reflection as um, as unique as their own learning style. Okay. Like you need to find the reflection that works for you within right. your learning style. Right. And we've t- we did a whole episode about this, right? Because we were talking yeah. about those core dispositions of teachers mm-hmm. and, and being mm-hmm. reflected was one of those. So I don't know that we need to unpack the whole thing because it's just a few yeah. episodes ago. You guys can find it if you want to listen to the whole unpacking right. of but reflection. But I agree. There's no infrastructure. Yeah. It, so much of this comes back to value. Like what, what do we value? And that's what yeah. determines where we're going and what we're making time for. And I suppose that's true in all of our life. We make time for what we value. Um, You know, it's like the people who say, oh, I don't have time to knit, but they sit and watch three hours of TV every night. (laughs) You know, you make time for what you want to do. And so just tell me you don't want to (laughs) knit. That's a better argument. (laughs) Don't tell me. Because when you say you don't, I don't have time to reflect. That's really a judgment statement, isn't it? Oh, maybe you have all kinds of time, but I'm so busy. <laughs> right. I can't live without my reflective practice now. So there's that. Yeah, it just becomes second nature, I think, if you practice it. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that brings us to the last bullet point, mm-hmm. which is teachers and programs are required to adopt quantifiable, quote, unquote, research-based curricula. Uh I hate the phrase research-based. I hate the phrase evidence-based. Why? Why? Even though Why? I'm a total nerd about research and evidence. Like, because it's a, it's a catchphrase. And I have seen terrible, terrible prepackaged curriculums presented as research-based because the research is geared to prove that this curriculum is right, not really to investigate the... I don't know. I, I just think it's too easy... To say a curriculum package is based in research because we all have different views of what research should be and different definitions of research. And it just can become a marketing tool too easily. Right. And I think that uh, the field of educational research is still so new. Mm-hmm. 
that, you know, when somebody comes in and says, oh, well, this reading curriculum is um, proven to make kids better readers. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, that sounds nice. And then when you actually read the research, it's like, oh, these kids scored higher on their state test. And then it's like, well, I don't agree with state tests as a measure as a measurement of a quality of like how well those kids read right or we we see the research that says this kind of push down academic helps kids do better in first and second grade but then if you look further at the research after third grade there's a drop-off and an equalizing effect and it's not a lasting change or so so one particular place I worked had a prepackaged curriculum that came down from a, you know, a corporate level to to the, to the peon level, and it was research based. But it was like I, I I'm with toddlers. Something that research shows to be effective for five year olds doesn't mean I can just push it down on the toddlers and it will be effective with them yes. too. Like we just don't I'm look million, deeply yeah. enough into what the research says that we said this is based on. So it's too easily manipulated for me. Yeah. And, and there's too few. Well, no, I don't want to say that because, and and I'm on, I'm in this number. I'm still learning about how to look for the validity of research. Um, when I, when I was working on this literature review for, for one of my classes last semester, um, there was an article I was looking at that was, if, effectively debunking another article that was like research on um, children in this kind of a, you know, play-based program before they started elementary school. One of the results was there's fewer, um, fewer instances of juvenile delinquency for those kids as they got older, you know, it was one of those longitudinal studies that just stays with Uh them forever. And he he was, so he was like, oh, so this, this research is suggesting that if you don't go to that school, you automatically become a juvenile delinquent. And, and here's how I'm going to debunk that right now. And, but it was presented as this scholarly piece, but it was, it was from a misunderstanding from the very beginning, but it's not always so easy to spot that sort of fallacy in research yeah and it's a difficult thing and it's a skill and i'm like i said i'm still figuring it out so i just think it's too easy to twist research-based and evidence-based around yeah agreed even though i'm a research nerd if that makes any sense yeah i'm right there with you it's like the more i learn about research the more I distrust <laughs> research. Research. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think about, like, it might have been Zoophonics. It might have been some other system that a program I worked with 10 or so years ago wanted to bring in. And we're, because the grant that we had to fund our program at that time required a research-based curriculum and the research I was looking at was they'd only used that system. They hadn't, there was no control group. There was no other systems used. It was just, well, here we put this group of kids through this program and here's the results we got at the end. And that just wasn't good enough for me Yeah, <laughs> to bring in something that I felt like was misaligned with my philosophical foundation that, yes. that I had. So we'll bring it back around again. Always. All right. Well, we didn't Woo! quite have as robust 
arguments, <laughs> criticisms of each other's thinking on that last half of the bullet list. It's like but, we we hash it all out in the. First oh my episode. god, that was exhausting. I know. I feel pooped. I'm after this. I'm gonna like put on some big socks and get in bed for a little bit. <sighs> you know, I'm gonna go out and read something else. <laughs> like my brain's <laughs> gonna be going, and I'm not gonna be able to sit down. Plus, I've had like three cups of coffee. Um, okay, well, thanks, Tiffany. That was awesome. Thank you. This was fun. Um, it was fun. Let's do it again sometime. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode. Have a great time. Bye. Bye. That's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks.